Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Kahl, and I talk about bootstrapping, entrepreneurship, and building in public. This episode is called Building in Public, Maintaining a Positive Self-Image. And first, a word from our sponsor. This week's episode is sponsored by FE International, a market-leading M&A advisor helping founders like you exit their businesses. Since 2010, FE International has completed hundreds of millions in SaaS, e-commerce, and content business acquisitions. And as a SaaS founder, it's always hard to figure out when it's time to exit. And the answer will vary depending on who you ask. But here's a story for the father and son duo, John and Dave Dixon. Getting a reliable valuation was quite critical. Obviously, they're founders. They want to get a good valuation. And those two entrepreneurs they built and then later exited my shop manager, which was a highly successful SaaS tool that provides marketing and sales solutions for auto shops. And when they came to FE International, their business had scaled rapidly and had low churn, high MRR growth, really, really good metrics. But knowing if they were ready for an exit came down to deciding on their enough number. And if they could sell their company for that certain amount, they would exit. And they've said that early in the process, F International just analyzed the business, came up with a number, a solid, concrete number that they were confident that the company would sell for, and that made it possible for them to take action and make a decision. And his son later added that it, they were in a situation where they were growing successfully, but the valuation was large enough that it would change their lives. So they went for it. Curious about how much your business could be worth? And if now is the time to sell, well, go to feinternational.com to learn more. FE International offers free valuations. And now let's get started. Building in public is not always easy. And that's often caused by problems with our self-image. I'm going to talk more about mental health topics on this podcast and in general, because I feel they are severely underrepresented in the conversations around being an entrepreneur in public. Most conversations are about the positive things, the successes, the celebrations. And while that's great, who doesn't want to feel good, right? I think we should also look at the negative things more and with more intention. There are plenty of occasions throughout the entrepreneurial journey that cause us to be stressed and cause us to feel like we're failures. And I think these topics need to be talked about. And today, I want to talk about maintaining a positive self-image. So here are a few things that happen to entrepreneurs or creators in any kind of space. Anybody building something in public, anybody sharing that journey. I'll talk about what can happen, how you can stay away from it, and what to do to combat it when it happens to you. We should talk about today comparing ourselves to others, handling imposter syndrome, how to deal with criticism, and then how to respond to advice. These four are the major causes of negative self-image, at least in my own experience and the experience of the people that I follow and that I share, um, or that share their journey with me. All of these four are caused by our own self-reflection gone wrong at some point. Thankfully, I have found ways out of each of those and I'll share what worked for me. Let's start with comparison. Let's talk about comparing yourself to others. It's very, very easy to compare yourself to others on social media. You're consistently barraged with other people's successes and their accomplishments, most of which are over the top and highly selective when it comes to how true they are. And you're barraged with how people project their own perspective into whatever they share. You, you only get to see um, certain aspects. And whatever you see online is very likely to be at least a little bit manipulated. Most people only share the best things that happen to them. Even in that case, 
they might even overstate their facts and figures. They make it out to, to be more than it actually was. And they don't share any kind of vulnerability. That's kind of the standard. And following this traditional dogma of admitting success only, most entrepreneurs wouldn't ever share things that are potentially a signal that they have trouble. This old traditional perspective on how a business should communicate, that you only share the most positive things and you spin everything into a marketing opportunity, this makes founders who talk about their business in public sound like a broken record if they're only sharing the good stuff. Ultimately, being exposed to only the celebrations of others paints a very one-sided picture of other entrepreneurs' accomplishments for you, right? If you're just looking at that, all you see is great. Well, then you might start thinking that everything is great. And if you compare yourself to that, then you will obviously pale in comparison because you compare your entire experience, the ups, the downs, everything to somebody's highly selective and highly edited experience. And that's a problem. And it's a problem you can solve. Either you seek only people that actually share the good and the bad and thereby reduce the opportunity for you to run into somebody who only shares something positive. Just cut out the people from your feeds who only ever share the celebratory stuff and the glorious accomplishments. Instead, just find people that are more balanced in what they share. And even more importantly, stop comparing yourself to other people. You don't need to compare yourself to others to make any kind of progress. The only person you should be comparing yourself to is yourself from yesterday. And that is one of the best ways of still following your human urge to compare yourself to somebody. We all need that. I think it's part of human nature that we need to put ourselves in relationships to others and put ourselves in relation to others. And we do that with our accomplishments too. But by making it about your journey, your own progress, not somebody else's, you'll give your brain a daily dose of social comparison, even if it's to yourself. If you compare yourself to yesterday, to yourself yesterday, then any tiny improvement will register. But if you compare yourself to other people and their self-edited and highly selective performance, your small accomplishments, like you coded a couple lines of code, you drew a little sketch, or you recorded a couple seconds or minutes of your video, they won't really look anything like somebody's massive project success that you see on Twitter or something. But if you look at yesterday, where you had not written the line of code, where you had not written this little paragraph of text, or where you had not yet created your little sketch, all of a sudden, you see progress and you see accomplishments. The benefit of this is that you'll be less likely to be easily influenced by other people in whatever they do. You focus on your work and you see it grow over time. It's a self-sustaining loop. And this will be very useful when it comes to competition in your field. If you stop comparing yourself to other people and their accomplishments, then it's also going to be easier to ignore other people's products in your space selectively. I say selectively because obviously you still want to know what's going on. Right? You still want to be aware of your competition and you still want to make sure that there's no reason why customers would leave your product for your competitors. But it becomes much easier to run your own business if you decouple your self-worth and your self-image from comparison with other people. And there's a flip side to comparison. The more you stop looking at what other people are doing and the more you focus on yourself, the more you may start thinking, who am I to do this? Why me? This is mostly and most commonly called imposter syndrome. It's the belief that you are an imposter, a person that shouldn't be doing something that they are attempting to do. Imposter syndrome is complicated. It's complicated to understand and it's even more complicated to deal with. If you ever feel like an imposter, the best thing that you can do is to realize that 
actual imposters never feel like imposters. They don't have imposter syndrome because they are imposters and they know it. It follows from that that only someone who is not an imposter can ever feel imposter syndrome. And by definition, if you feel it, that means you're not an imposter. But all logic aside, the idea is that you understand that even though you may not be fully qualified to do a particular thing, you might think that other people probably do this more systematically or professionally. But if you look at the reality out there, most people, if not all of us, are winging it at all times. That's certainly my reality. And people don't know more than you, even though they might want you to believe that. This is why comparison in general is such a bad idea. Everybody projects something in their communication. Confidence or bravery or intelligence, it's mostly all projection. And maybe it's partially correct. Perhaps they are more confident than you, but it's pretty likely that they're not as confident or as brave as they want you to think they are. And your imposter syndrome primarily exists because everything you do in comparison to others looks less professional than the finally a final and fully polished product that they choose to share and that you end up consuming. Even when they just talk about their accomplishments, they polish it. They put it into a state that is more consumable. It's not real. It's just a perspective, a projection. And it's the curse of knowledge in your own life that makes you have imposter syndrome. You know all the little problems of your own life, of your own journey, but you only get to see the surface of theirs, of somebody else's. The antidote to this is a positive sub mindset that leaves room for improvement. And that's a mindset on yourself. It's about your perspective on yourself, your self-talk, your self-perception. There's always space to learn. There's always space for you to grow into, to become better at what you're doing. You're not an imposter. You're just a learner. And this feeling of imposter syndrome is on the back of a coin. And on the front of it, you'll see the word growth. Feeling imposter syndrome is the byproduct of personal growth. It just means that you're becoming better at something. You're changing and your self-image is trying to adapt. So don't worry. It, it's going to be fine. And often you'll feel imposter syndrome directly after being criticized. People talk to you about what they think you should be doing, which is likely something different than what you're actually currently doing. And one of the benefits of criticism is that you can learn something from it most of the time. And the immediate drawback of criticism is that it can quickly crush your self-image. What helps me when I take criticism is to completely decouple it from myself as a person. Here's the mindset that I have developed. If people criticize my videos, for example, it's about the lighting or it's about the way I deliver the content. Maybe it's about the writing that went into the script. It's not about me as a person making a video. It's about some technical aspect of the whole thing, the content journey, either creation, delivery, editing, whatever. When people criticize my writing, they tell me they found my book too long or they thought they wanted to read something else or in the book and they're surprised that it wasn't in there. Then they don't criticize me as a person who had all these experiences that make up the book's content. They essentially criticize their purchasing choice. They criticize themselves by criticizing my work because they wanted a different book and now they're complaining. They were looking for a different book. They bought mine. And maybe it was not for them. My books are specific in that they solve a particular problem that is common and critical in the entrepreneurial bootstrapping space. So I don't get much feedback like that from people who wrote the wrong book. My readers buy their books very intentionally, but sometimes somebody buys a book that they thought it was something else. 
it's, it's criticism about not me, right? Critic consider criticism to be feedback that is just about your product, whatever it is, books or SaaS or your services, whatever. It's not about you. It comes from how other people perceive what you made and what it does for them. And from that angle, criticism becomes much less of a self-image problem and it becomes a product problem. And the product is something you can always change. You might have trouble changing yourself, sure, but you can rewrite a paragraph, you can re-record a video. So creating becomes much easier once you understand that criticism is not about you. And it's kind of funny. When comparing yourself with people, you try to focus on yourself because comparison with others doesn't help you. But when it comes to criticism, outward comparison, like inbound comparison, you start deflecting it from yourself and deflect it onto your product. Your human need to compare yourself and the reality that other people compare yourself to something else as well should not cause damage to your self-image. Comparison with its targets wisely chosen can lift you up. And it's equally important for criticism to impact what it can actually influence, your products and the things you create. Criticism isn't supposed to change you as a person. I guess that stops when you're like 10 years old or maybe even earlier, but it should change the product that you're putting out there. Finally, one of the things that often comes in the shape of very, very similar to criticism is advice. When people give you advice, it can often feel like they know so much more than you do. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes people have decades of experience, much more than you ever had. But here's the thing. Their experience is just their own. Their own unique understanding came from their own unique work and their own unique circumstances. And most advice is very contextual to the life of the person that actually gives the advice, which means that it might not be advisable for you. It's just advice for themselves. And in a way, I do this too. That's how I wrote my first book to be quite honest. I wrote it as if I was advising myself five years ago, because that's the point before I started building my own first successful business. The person that Zero to Sold, my book, was for is me five years before I wrote it. At least that was the first draft. It then went through multiple editors and alpha and beta readers, and that made it more applicable to other people's entrepreneurial journeys because I changed things for people to make more sense out of it. But this means that I had to add a lot of context to the advice that I was giving because only then people could actually find meaning in it. When advice comes without context, it's meaningless because you can never understand what particular details need to be added for it to make sense to you. The advice that you get needs to be contextualized, always. It needs to be examined for which parts of it you can actually apply to your own life and your own journey. And consequently, most advice you get out there is pretty meaningless until you contextualize it for yourself. And ultimately, that means that it is through your own journey that advice becomes useful, and it's only ever going to be useful when you put it into practice. So don't fret when somebody who apparently is much more experienced than you gives you advice that is counter to what you think and what you're doing. It might be good for them, but it doesn't have to be good for you. You should not let that reflect on your own personal performance or even your, your self-image, whatever you think of yourself. Take it, consider it, contextualize it, maybe apply it if you can. But again, it's not about you. It's about them, right? It's about the people giving you the advice. That's their world, their reality. And building in public is complicated. All these four things we just talked about, they're not easy to deal with, not easy to manage. 
it's hard because you're exposed to a lot of direct feedback from people. And you're seeing many other people doing other things than what you're doing. So just be selective and experiment with what you take in. Your journey will be more enjoyable if you control what you expose yourself to. If you follow a lot of people that make you kind of feel anxious, yeah, unfollow them or block them for a bit or put them in a list. Don't look at them eh? on Twitter, that kind of stuff. Just try to keep the stuff away from you that you know is going to pull you down. I'll leave you with one thing. Look for kind and welcoming and friendly people. Suppose you're building your business in public and you're doing it in front of a cynical and aggressive audience. Well, in that case, you'll get cynical, aggressive, and unfriendly replies and feedback to whatever you do. If you have the choice of finding a better, kinder, and nicer audience, go out there and find them. Look for friendly and supportive and empowering people because that'll heavily impact if you feel good about what you're doing. And that's important. It's one of the most critical components of building in public and sharing your journey in the long term. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Bootser Founder Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at avidkahl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L, and you can check out the blog at thebootserfunner.com. You can find my books, Zero to Sold, at zerotosold.com, and The Embedded Entrepreneur at embeddedentrepreneur.com. If you got any questions about this episode, reach out on Twitter or send an email to arvid at thebootserfunner.com. If you want to support me and the Bootser Founder Podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.